I read a, a stat in the U.S. that only one in 10 people dies wealthy in the U.S., that most people die broke uh, and, uh, and young. And, and I thought that was fascinating because we're at economic high times, like lower poverty levels than ever before. But still, most people die uh, at least without extra cash to pass on to the next generation. Why do you, th you think people don't reach financial freedom or most people die without a lot of cash? I think, um, obviously, it's a very complex topic, but I think I really resonate with the emotional, psycho psychological side of things that you described. You know, it's the same reason why most people don't go to the gym or eat healthy. Yeah. Money is inherently emotional. Yeah. When I was, when I had no money, I was reckless with money. Right. All the gambling shops are in the areas where people don't have money. Um, there's something deeply psychological about money. So I would, if I, when I was working in those call centers, if I got paid a thousand pounds at the end of the month, I would the same day go and buy a TV or an Xbox, like a PlayStation for about six, 700 pounds. I would not pay my rent to go and buy that PlayStation. And sometimes I'd buy the PlayStation without having a TV. There was just something psychologically attached to the, I don't know, the dopamine rush or the sense of self-worth that I got from owning the shiny thing. When I got money, my relationship with money became amazing. Yeah. I, I stopped buying designer things. I stopped wasting it. I didn't feel a need to, to show off or buy, you know, Rolexes or whatever. So I was able to preserve wealth more. There's a really interesting relationship with money on both ends of the spectrum. When, when you have less of it, it's harder. It's often because of certain psychological things and certain people. I was one of them. It's harder to hold on to. And when you have more of it, it feels easier to hoard and people, you know, and more broadly on the, on the subject of um, why people don't reach financial freedom, I think the modern world tells us that we can get rich quick. And when you think about how people build wealth, we think about the Warren Buffetts of the world. It's so boring and slow. And who's going to buy that book? Yeah, you know, so get be a billionaire at 87. I fuck what? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to, you know, dance in the nightclub at 87. So why do I want a billion then? Yeah. That's why the NFT thing and the crypto scam, this whatever, is also appealing to people. Yeah. Because it's quick. Yeah, it's true. Well, you know what's, I actually um, was reading somewhere a story about in South Africa, in the slums, um, they have the highest concentration of the largest televisions uh, per square foot of the, the houses. So that you, you, if you've been there, mm. and, and I've actually never been, so I can't validate, but you will see very small little rooms with huge televisions. And, and I thought that was interesting, um, but it actually makes sense because maybe it comes down to a belief that people don't think they're ever going to get out. And so they think the only chance of getting out is going into whatever the short-term pleasure is. It's like if you never think you're going to escape your everyday reality, which is actually kind of miserable, then you're going to buy the PlayStation because why wouldn't you? Why would you save and try to get out when you've never seen anybody else get out? But what does the play the PlayStation mean so much more to you in that moment than a PlayStation? It means it's your, it's self-worth. Yeah. It's one tiny token that you are successful. Yeah. That you can show your friends or that you can just even fear in self-esteem. It's so much more than a PlayStation. The thing that invalidates you, in this case, money, will be the thing that has the greatest chance of making you feel valid. And so if, if in my house, the lack of money was always the thing that caused my shame. Yeah. So the minute I got any of it, 
I would overcompensate yeah. by trying to buy some shit to show people. Yeah. Um, and then when I had loads of it, who gave, gave a fuck? Like, yeah, that's true. That void was almost filled. So yeah, it's true. I also think it's hard. I mean, I remember many times where, uh, you know, I remember checking accounts always being overdrawn, and uh, and you know, seeing the little negative pin on my you know email and and cell phone that you couldn't there there was nothing else in there. You know, when I was in college and trying to figure it out before I made any money, I think I made like thirty seven k in my first job out of college. Um, so I definitely remember all that. But I think if you can have this belief and you can get around other humans who have have had success or are striving for success, your aperture just opens in a different way. And then maybe the commercials and the ads and the things that make you feel like you want to buy all the everyday stuff go away. Like, I don't really like, I kind of viscerally get mad when I see people who have wealth showing images of them in their Bentleys or Rolls Royces or I mean I have a nice watch but like you don't see me show that shit anywhere I like when people are show themselves in their private planes or whatever I just think they're missing the whole boat and then what they're doing is they're perpetuating the PlayStation situation mm. they're doing it again and again and they're doing it because it doesn't make them happy anymore to have it that's not enough I have to show a bunch of people I got it and what they should actually be showing is man, I just invested in my first stock. That's fucking cool. Look at my, I mean, if you look at my stuff, it's like I have laundromats and car washes behind me all the time in them because that's the stuff that you should try to strive for. You can actually pass it down. It can pay you back. You can buy as many PlayStations as you want. But I think to your point, the other thing is we are all, you know, have you ever felt um, like when you're around other people and uh, and they're sort of negative or they want to talk about people the whole time and like how that energy feels. Mm -hmm. That's like, it's draining, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you kind of get caught up in it, it's fun for a second. At the end, you're like, fuck, that was a, I feel kind of gross for having that combo. I think it's the same with ads and stuff that we take into us. And so they're basically creating our stories for us in social media by showing all this fancy stuff. And then we start to have this mimetic desire, this external desire and belief that we actually, that we want it, that we need it, but we don't. We're just becoming a replica of the people that we're surrounding ourselves with, which are now social media. There's no, even growing up, there's no laundry mats and 50 cents videos. Yeah, that you know what I mean? should be. It's all sports cars and mansions and stuff. So that was my North Star as a young black man. It was like, how do I get a mansion and a sport and a sports car? That's and in the first so page true. of my diary at 18 years old, it says four things I want to achieve before I'm 25. Bear in mind, I was shoplifting pizzas at the time. And I was um, a university dropout, not speaking to my parents with two CCJs, which is like when the, the court is coming for you oh. for debts. I wrote, um, a Range Rover Sport will be my first car. Didn't have a driving license till I was 23. Um, I'll make a million pounds. I'll I work on my body image again, because I'm a very small kid uh, and I'll get a girlfriend. Those are my four goals in life. And they were totally influenced by the outside world. That's why my book is called Happy Sexy Millionaire because I thought if I became a sexy millionaire, then I would become everything I needed to be. And I was so wrong.